from the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to The Sounding Board from the Utah School Counselors Association. Hope you're all having a wonderful day. We are in the middle of the longest month ever, February, I swear. Shortest shortest month ever, like literally has the least amount of days. But man, you feel every single one of them, I swear. Um, it can be a rough time. But anyway, hope you guys are hanging in there, having a good time. Um, we're going to be continuing our series where I speak with all the USCA board members. And today I have here with us Elise Hansen. And many of you should recognize her voice as one of our reoccurring guests with our starting little ending big segments that we have every single month. And now we're back with her to talk about her. So welcome back, Elise. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Nate. It's great to be here. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about how we're a little late hopping on because Elise was actually helping out a student being an awesome counselor, as always. Elise, how long have you been a counselor? Give us your little career story. Lay the deets on us. Well, um, I started out as a high school counselor. Well, before that, I was an interim middle school counselor as I was completing my, my program. And at that time, I was a sixth grade teacher, and then I would fill in as middle school counselor. How long and were you a teacher before you became a counselor? Five years. I actually went to school. I'll tell you kind of my career. I like to share this with the students yeah. because um, as you think about your career, things that you're good at and things that you enjoy doing. I remember my mom asking me, have you ever thought about what you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I don't know. She says, have you ever thought about being a teacher? You're so good with kids. Well, at that age, I thought teachers knew everything and I knew that I didn't know everything. They do, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, kindergarten. I could teach kindergarten. So I went to school to be a kindergarten teacher and little did I know that I would have to take extra classes and do extra student teaching to be a kindergarten teacher. But I did that. However, working for a small school district, there were no kindergarten openings, but there was an opening to teach sixth grade at the middle school. And I taught sixth grade and I loved it. Um, in the meantime, I got a flyer in the mail about a school counseling program that Utah State was opening up, and I could just go to Snow College because I thought I would teach, and then when my kids were all grown, I would have to travel to a school to get my degree. At that right. time, it was it was a new thing to be able to do. We called it EdNet. Yeah. 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 And I used EdNet in high school. They called it EdNet back then. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, you were in high school and I was working on a master's program. That there you showed. go. You know, it was like 2010, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, this was actually 1995 when I completed my master's degree. So <laughs> I was two years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, not, my not quite thinking about being a counselor yet. <laughs> not quite. But man, it was when I was the youngest of everything, but now I'm the oldest. So that, was, that was in 95. 1995 is when you started your journey as, you know, like getting credited to be a counselor. That's Yeah, that's when I um, actually graduated and got my master's degree was in 95. Wow. And 
they they finally they didn't have a counselor um, position open, but they had a kindergarten job opening, and huh. so I and it was going to be teaching kindergarten, and then our superintendent called and said, "Hey Elise, we've our high school counselor. One of our high school counselors has resigned. Would you consider taking that position?" And I thought, "Huh, kindergarten or high school?" <laughs> <laughs> so I. I took high school and absolutely loved that working at the high school. And then when I had my last child, I thought, okay, I'm tired of taking babies to the babysitter. And I took four years off and stayed with her. And then the elementary school counselor position opened up. And that was what I really wanted to to do was Mm. be an elementary school counselor. And I've been doing that for 21 years now. Okay, just a second. You've been there for just a second. Cool, cool. 21 years. That is that is quite the career. And so throughout your career, you've worked at pretty much every level. You interned at a middle school. And then how long? I forgot. How long were you at that high school? Four years. Four years at the was, high school level. Our sixth grade was a middle school back then. So, mm-hmm. so that was five years on the middle school level. Before I went back to school, I was a uh, teacher assistant for special ed. So I have oh, some man. special experience there, but I've worked in every one of our district schools. And have you only worked in the one district your whole career then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, 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 uh, what district is that? North Sam Pete. North Sam Pete. Okay. North Sam Pete. That's, is that like North, uh, what's the, what's the high school at oh. North Sam Pete? So our high school is in Mount Pleasant, where the North San Pete Hawks were 3A. Okay. Our, our middle school is in Moroni. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then we have elementaries in Fountain Green, Spring City, Moroni, Fairview, and Mount Pleasant. Okay. And for almost 20 years, I served all five of those schools. Yeah, that's quite the spread you have there. Um mm-hmm. And I was trying to, I was listening for some of the schools I, cause I grew up in a little two A school. And so quite often we would compete with other two A slash three A schools. Like I grew up in San Juan County. And so we would drive up to play football against Grantsville. Um, and I remember Sampete in it. I don't know if there's any other Sampete schools besides North Sampete. Um, cause one kid's like, there's no Peter like a San Peter. And I was like, okay, okay, yeah, cool. We're 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 very cool. Um, so as you, I'll oh, go for it. I was gonna say one thing about living in San Pete. No matter where you go on vacation, you tend to run into someone that you know. Yeah. But I grew up in South Jordan, and went to Bingham High School, and we could go on vacation and never see anyone we knew. It's <laughs> so. so true. It's so true. Growing up in Blanding, anytime we leave. It's like all roads lead back to that small town because mm-hmm. everyone leaves and then goes onward to, you know, a different place or whatever, because it stays a small town for a reason. People leave, they seldom come back. And so you run into, they're just all over the place, just scattered throughout the wilderness. Um, so as you're going throughout your career as a counselor, you know, those first few years when you were very first starting out, what was your biggest challenge as a new counselor as you first started out? The biggest challenge was if if um was to be at a school only one day a week so there were five schools so i was at each school one day a week 
And if the student was absent or I had a conference for some reason I wasn't there, then it was two weeks before I could see the student. Two weeks. So I would say that was the biggest challenge. That is quite a big challenge. Five schools. I mean, a lot of counselors, they feel like they're drowning and they have one one school and, you know, 300, 250 to 350 kids that they're looking after in that one school. And here a lot of elementary school counselors are. And heck, I mean, even even because at the time, especially when when you're a new counselor, junior high counseling was kind of new. Like it was the equivalent of right now's elementary school counseling. Like mm -hmm. you had so many schools to just one counselor. Um, how were you able to manage that kind of caseload and not just burn out and drown? Yeah, it was 1400 to one. Holy moly. Was the ratio, but you have to be very organized and you've got to plan your year out at the beginning of the year. And I still do that. But what's wonderful is that I work with a fantastic uh, elementary school counselor team and we sit down and plan out our calendars. We we all will have our kindness week next week. We um, are doing SEL nights that we are running as counselors. So we go to each school and we have some rotations and we're each in charge of that rotation and spend 15 minutes doing different things on wellness and coping skills, things like that. And so it's been great to have a team because I can make things happen. <clears throat> we can work together and, and um, it's national school counselor week right now. Right. And I just had to first thing Monday morning, I had to send them all out a thank you because there's all of these things that I dreamt of doing, but couldn't do having five schools. And now there are four of us that serve the five schools. And it's amazing the things that we can do and the ideas they have and the awesome things I never dreamt of doing, but they have these other ideas. And, and each one of us brings something different to the team that really helps us be cohesive and create a strong school counseling program. Yeah. And I mean, thinking about school counseling programs in general throughout the years, School counseling as a whole has changed so much and you really have a unique, you know, point of view starting off as a counselor, you know, back 1995, um, all the way through, you know, you're approaching 30 years next year, 2025 well, plus 30 years. Whoa. Because I taught before that. Right, right, right. 30 years as a counselor. Um, that's crazy. But I was going to say throughout your career, how have you? What has your observation been to the school counseling profession? Like, how have you seen it change and adapt and everything? One of the things that, well, first of all, I, I, I really appreciate the Davis School District. They were the first ones to have elementary school counselors. And when I was a high school counselor, I, at one of the workshops, they were doing a presentation mm -hmm. and I went to the presentation and that's when I learned some of the things that elementary school counselors do. And actually when I took those four years off from the time I was a high school counselor and became the elementary, I took those ideas of what those elementary school counselors were doing. And I actually worked part-time and we had what we called the STEAM team and I did it with North San Pete High School and with Manti High School. Oh. And I would take the high school students 
into the elementary schools and they would teach lessons. And we had t-shirts that said youth helping youth kind of idea. Really and cool. yeah, so just found a creative way to still do that before we could get that in place. So then when I was hired as an elementary school counselor, the first conference I went to, they had a breakout session just for elementary school counselors. And I believe there were like 10 of us and Holly Todd was one of those. Um, Oh, I wish I had the names off the top of my head. Um, mm, I'm thinking of Janet Rice was one and um, some of the OGs. Yeah. And they were some of the first ones. And so they taught me a lot about how the elementary school counseling program is run. And so we were able to use that program model and put it into place. So now as the elementary VP, what I'm hoping to do is help others see what that program looks like. So I've done presentations at our conferences and I've gone to the Rural School Counselors Conference and did one for principals, but I would love to be able to go and present to the administrators' conferences themselves and big. Them see what a program looks like. Because what happens is they're not trained on the college level what an elementary school counseling program looks like. Right. You've you has done some things to help implement that and had me do up some curriculum for their program. And you say USU? UVU. UVU. Okay. University, and then I'm an adjunct professor for them. And so I'm able to, to give them some insight on the elementary level on the class that I teach. And then one of the other classes uses this curriculum that that I created for them because uh, because they don't know what it looks like. And then a principal finds out they're going to get a, a school counselor at their elementary. They think, wow, I've got someone to put out all the fires where yeah. our program, I mean, we put out some fires, but most of it is prevention, right. prevention driven. And we create that foundation for these kids. And if they don't know that, then you're not truly running the school counseling program model. And it's important we get the word out and we help them. And then once they see how it's done, they're just so excited. I've had lots of school counselors come and visit and I share with them and I'm, I'm happy to share anything because it makes such a difference in your school to have right. a strong elementary school counseling program in place. It does make a huge difference. What would you say some of the biggest differences between the elementary school program, you know, back in the day versus elementary school programs now? So it it's it's not as big a if it's if it was run correctly before, if it was run following the program model, there's not a whole lot of difference because it's our same program model. Right. It's just that we have more elementary school counselors and so we're better to we're better able to fully implement that program that makes sense that makes sense because really at its core i, I mean high school counseling has changed dramatically over the over the last 30 years or so it's because they used to be called guidance counselors not even school counselors you know we're going to talk about college and it was really responsive not really preventative 
Um, people came in if they had an issue. And if it was being run correctly, it wouldn't be super different from now. Um, but most of them didn't, and they weren't trained very good. But now we see a lot better trainings happening for those higher levels. Elementary school counseling is still kind of new in the state. There's a lot of districts that are just now getting um, approval to have elementary elementary school counselors in their district just now, like 2022, 2023. I think by 2024, every elementary district has elementary school counselors. But over the last few years, it is relatively new. And so, you know, people, I'll go for it. Well, and it's because it's not funded through the federal government or the state. Mm. Districts have to come up with their own funding or write a grant. And there's some wonderful grants out there that help. And that's how we were able to get more school counselors on our team Good. at our district. And there are some districts that don't have elementary school counselors. Yeah. I don't know ones, but I know that not every elementary has a school counselor. Right. And some of them are still kind of how you were when you first started where, I mean, you were over a bajillion schools and had, yeah. you know, 1500 right. kids. Some of them are at that point. Um, and some of them are blessed enough to be at the point where every single school has multiple counselors or at least one counselor. Um, but it is a, a relatively new role within the field of school counseling, but so, so needed because if you can help these kids, you know, with these soft skills, empathy, emotional intelligence, good habits and things like that early on, it's going to make jobs of secondary counselors a breeze because they're just reinforcing the good stuff that the kids learned early on. Yeah. Well, when you talked about changes, probably the biggest change is as technology and, and adding that technology. I used to go into the classroom and just do a lesson. And then when I learned how to do PowerPoints and iMovies and download movies and mm -hmm. add, well, I always did activities and things with them before, but but you get more variety. And when you're teaching the same lesson over and over, you have to realize I was teaching the same lesson 60 times. So now just, just a couple now, times because I was going to five schools. So that was 60 classes that I would go into and teach the same lesson. And the next month we would teach a different lesson. Now I teach a, a different lesson every week and I'm in each classroom once a week. And that's been wonderful. And there's just so much follow through and so much more that we can do. And this year, the data project we're working on um, in all of our elementaries is to increase attendance. And we're able to be more part of the school. So having more elementary school counselors, we're, able, we're able to follow the program model more closely and be systemic. We're more part of the school. And we'll have kindness week like I mentioned, um, next week, yep. but I get to be part of the school and bring that to everyone where when I was at five schools, there's no way I could manage that. No, you just have to throw that suggestion out and the school would just have to take it on. Whereas a school counselor now I can implement that. And then we're all doing our parts and we're working together and it becomes a whole school thing, not just a counselor thing. And that's really where you find success, right? When the whole school buys in and the whole school starts to, you know, you guys start collaborating together versus just a, a counselor working on an island. Um, and, you know, as as the profession has progressed and as your career has progressed, 
Um, at what point did you decide that, hey, I want to be involved with USCA? Like, what got you to be involved with the association? Oh, Who coerced know. you? Just kidding. <laughs> well, it actually was an interview with someone that was representing elementary school counselors, and she was off a bit. <laughs> and I thought, oh, gosh, maybe I need to get involved so I can get the word out on what a highly effective elementary school counseling program really looks like. Mm. Your, so you, as you look at the tiers, you know, we've got our tier one and that's for 100% of the students. And that's doing the, the um, collaborative classroom instruction lessons. And uh, and there's other things that fall into that category where you're doing training with your faculty, you're you're sending information out to parents, but you're including 100%. Then you've got your tier two, which is your responsive services, mm-hmm. your supports for dropout prevention. And, and if your tier two is higher than 10 to 15%, I wish I had the numbers in front of me because I'm worried I'm saying them wrong, but let's say 10% of your students. Right. All relative-ish. Yeah. You've got to beef up that tier one. And what we found when we hired two more elementary school counselors that first year, one of those school counselors was a mental health counselor. And we thought, okay, well, let's give her one of the medium-sized schools so that she has a day once a week where she can do tier three, that's our referrals. So they're the kids that need a little extra help or maybe need help that's beyond our expertise because, excuse me, as school counselors, we're not therapists. And so gave her that, that extra day, but it also broke it down enough that we could go into the classrooms once a week instead of once a month. And what we found is we were also able to do more on the tier two level, those interventions, those responsive services. And I think she only had four students that whole year that she even worked with on a tier one. Really? Wow. So that those tier one referrals dropped way down. And so then we figured that out the next year and we're like, okay, well, we can take some of our caseload and give a little bit more to her. And so it, mm-hmm. it picked up the next year. But but when we use that same criteria for making referrals, the the numbers really dropped because we were getting that foundational information. If you have a lot of kids that need coping skills, we'll make that part of your lesson. Go in right. and teach skills or if they're having problems with social skills make that part of your lessons and then everyone's getting that lesson and you're not getting so many tier two referrals gotcha so that's kind of why you got involved with USCA. you're like i think more people need to have a better elementary school counseling program and if no one's going to train them i will because the person they interviewed was they asked her Um, how often do you go into the classroom? And she was just going in a few times a year because she had this huge tier two caseload. She had a high percentage of her students that needed those small groups and one-on-one. So that's where you look at that and you say, okay, what are some common problems here? What are some common skills that I'm teaching these kids? Now let me go into the classroom and teach them to everyone. Gotcha. And then the numbers will drop. Yeah. Wow. 
Well, we're happy to have you on the board for Yuska. Um, you bring a lot of values. I've I've had the pleasure of attending some of your breakouts during the conferences because you presented before you were a member of Yuska before. Um, and just your knowledge about elementary school counseling and your experience with it. Um, it's it's not. I don't know, your typical old seasoned, quote unquote, old seasoned counselor, because a lot of our counselors who have been in the game for a really, really long time, I've witnessed some that are extremely resistant to change, that are extremely resistant to any sort of adaptation of how the profession might progress. Um, but um, the, the the theme of your career has been like adapting and, mm -hmm. you know, w w when things change, finding a way to serve the students with the changes with how things might change when the focus has changed whatever might change um and you've seen a lot of success in that versus you know the grumpy old crusties that <laughs> that might dig in their heels and not want any change and this is how it's been done for 38 years and it'll never be done. when in reality things do change and change is good because that means we're trying to improve things well and i've been asked how do you prevent burnout well, you prevent burnout by continually evolving and adding and changing and finding yep. new things and uh, getting to know other school counselors and asking them, what do you do for this? What do you do for that? And it gets you excited because you hear new ideas. I have some wonderful colleagues to work with. In fact, I was creating a lesson and I had Googled stories that I could use because I wanted to change it up and make it a little bit different from when I had taught that skill before and and some books came up that a friend of mine has used and so I was able to just text her and say hey what did you do along with this lesson and then she shares ideas and we just kind of take their ideas add them to our ideas and your lessons just keep getting better and better and you change it up it's when you do the same thing over and over that that's you get burnt out yeah, that's when you really get burnt out. When you become monotonous in everything you do the exact same way, year in, year out, that's when you get burnt out. So it's good to change it up. It's good to learn, add, adapt. Um, and you've been a big, big example of that. Um, so like as as we're wrapping up, what advice might you have to some of those brand new counselors that are floundering, trying not to drown in their first few years? Definitely collaborate with other elementary school counselors, get to know them and talk and share and go visit their schools. Anyone is welcome to come to my school. Our principals are great. And you can just, usually someone just comes for the morning, you know, for two to three hours in the morning and, and you're more than welcome to, to come. And there's other wonderful elementary school counselors, get mm -hmm. to know them, go, go job shadow them. Um, and and learn what they do, and then collaborate back and forth. I remember when when COVID hit, and there were a few of us that emailed back and forth and said, "Hey, what are you doing about this? What are you doing about that?" And we were right. able to put some really good things together. But I'll tell you a fun thing for those that have been elementary school counselors that we just added to to our program. Well, we added something um, a few years ago, and then we just adapted it and. It's been amazing just in two days, the difference. So um, really, I hit up a QR code and I made posters that said, do you need to talk to, 
or something about needing to talk to Mrs. Hansen, and then they could just scan the code and fill out a Google form. And then it sends me an email and then I could go get them and I'd get them every once in a while, but not too often. Well, our tech people just took our um, codes and put them on our kids' iPads. So oh. all of our students in our district have the one-to-one -one devices. So they all have right. an iPad. And last night I was checking my emails, which I don't recommend. I think when you get home, leave work, <laughs> work and, right. and let home. But I happened to be checking my emails and I had four emails from students um, saying that they needed to talk to me. And I looked at the time and thought, how did I miss this during the school day? Well, it was during the evening that each of those had had filled them out. And then today I was able to call them in and say, Hey, did you need to talk about something? And so they, some of them were just simple things and some of them were more and, and it was just putting it on their iPad that made it that much easier to say, Hey, I need to talk to a counselor. And each of those students, as they left, they said, thank you. I feel so much better now. They each said Aww. it in a way. That's so but cute. It, yeah, it lets you know. And then sometimes that also tells us, okay, this is someone that maybe we need to make a referral for, or we need to get a permission to counsel for, mm -hmm. then can contact the parents. But a lot of times it's just a friendship issue. Right, right. Or Man. it's students that you usually talk to already, but something's come up and they they need to talk. Yeah. Oh man, and it's 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 heartwarming hearing those stories where you're able to implement something and change something and just adapt in just small ways that make a huge difference to the kids. Um, man, this has been such a great conversation. Thanks so much, and thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Sounding Board. If there's one way that you guys can get involved and meet a lot of other great professionals, it's by becoming involved with the Utah School Counselors Association. Um, get on the board with USCA. Um, you know that we we're always transitioning out new people and to trying to have new people be on. Elise, yeah. So, I. Uh at first I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to travel up to meetings to Salt Lake, but you can do them all on zoom. zoom. So people in all areas get involved. Yeah. Any area, whether you're rural in San Juan County or, or, or Manila, um, way of the crap out in Wyoming halfway, pretty much wherever you might be, you can be involved with USCA. All of our meetings have become virtual over the last couple of years. Seldom is there an in-person meeting. Um, obviously we have our in-person conference every year in October that we try to make it a central location. And I see a lot of my friends from rural Utah at those conferences as well. Um, so yeah, get involved. It is a wonderful opportunity for everyone for professional development, to get to know other professionals within this profession, um, to collaborate and to make a difference. If you want, if you see something being done a certain way, or if you feel like there's improvement that could be made at a state level, become involved with USCA because we're also involved with the state legislator. We attend those sessions. We advocate for counselors. Um, where no one else will. And so if you if you want the profession to improve, please become involved. We love everyone that becomes involved and the Yuska family is ever growing. So there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Sounding Board. I hope you guys all have a wonderful day and we'll see you on the next one.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email thesoundingboard at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi-monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current Utah School Counseling news, events, and issues. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Utah School Counselor and on Twitter at USCA Tweets. The mission of the Utah School Counselors Association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy, professional development, recognition, and support. This podcast would not be possible without the support of our members. We'll have more ideas to share with you next week. Let's go.